Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues on the pursuit of balance, wisdom, leadership, and everything in between. My name is Eric Johnson, and I'm here with Seth Gray. And today we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about marriage. Uh, and before we get into marriage, I just wanted to say a, a quick thing. You might be wondering why we talk about certain topics and uh, kind of what's the order, what's the strategy behind it. And the reality is, is that what we talk about on the podcast is just a result of what Eric and I have been doing uh, privately, the conversations we've just been having. And that's kind of where we go, you know what, this is an interesting conversation we're having, interesting thoughts we're sharing back and forth. Let's take it to the podcast. So that's kind of uh, how we bring certain topics to the podcast, kind of a bit of a, a popcorn, if you will, of uh, topics. So today we're going to talk about marriage. And Eric, when did you get married? And how long, how long you've been married, I guess. And uh, what was that first year like? So Sandy and I got married in 2012. Uh, we've been married now for seven and a half years uh, and now have two kids um, and an international student. Um, you know, a lot of people say the first year of marriage is so hard. The first year of marriage is so hard. And uh, if you look at, if I give you a list of things that happened in our first year of marriage, you would probably say, yeah, I bet that was really hard. That was hard, but it was not for the reasons you think. So uh, in our first year of marriage, we got, uh, I, I had a really weird incident happen on, my, on our honeymoon in uh, Punta Cana, D Dominican, where I stepped on a scorpion fish on the second day of our honeymoon. And that actually can be a fatal fish. And I ended up going to this Dominican hospital. My foot swelled up. Uh, it swelled up so big you couldn't see any of the bones in it anymore. I'm a pretty skinny guy, so you can always see my, my feet bones. And I couldn't walk for the remainder of the trip. I couldn't put a shoe on for three weeks. It was, just, it was a crazy, crazy event. And so it kind of ruined our whole trip. On top of Spirit Airlines, which is a whole other story, ruining our trip. Uh, just a PSA, never, ever fly Spirit <laughs> Airlines, even if it's free. Do not do it. Uh, and I can tell that story another time. But So that happened on our honeymoon. And then not long after that, we got bed bugs from some furniture that we bought. And that, if you don't know, was is just a total absolute nightmare. And we fought that for five months. That was awful. Then both of Sandy's grandfathers died in the span of two months. And then we both got the flu in those same two months. So we just had a tumultuous first year. But the difference between it being terrible and maybe marriage ending and it being something beautiful that brought us together is that we were in it together. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is that marriage is something that you do together. It was so it wasn't these these elements that were coming at us weren't dividing us. They were just pushing us closer together. So based off of that, it was not this romantic first year of marriage because of everything. I, 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 I'm going to look up what a scorpion fish is. I've never experienced bed bugs. You, you act like it's a horrible experience. So I'm going to take your word for it. And then people passing away. So those were all external things mm -hmm. is, is basically what you're mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. There was nothing going on between the two of you in the midst of all that chaos. You guys were still young and in love and just enjoying everything. So post that first year, you're seven years married now, what are some, what are some guidelines or rules or, or just things that you've noticed? Because I've got, I, I've, I've just, when we were talking about marriage and I was talking with Hannah about this, I've been married 13 years. Uh, we've got five kids. We just had our fifth child, uh, cash. He is about uh, five months old and, um, we have not in, in the way I look at things, we have not been married long. Uh, we have not gone through a whole lot of life ex uh, experiences to a degree. Um, it's all in the scale thing. I'm looking at someone who's been married 30, 50 years. Uh, so when I look at marriage and when I think about the things 
surrounding marriage. It's only through my lens and experience, but I've got a great marriage. I feel like I've got a great wife. The reason probably our marriage is so great is because of my wife. Um, so I'm just coming at this conversation and the things that I've written down based off of those 13 years. Um, Which I, I would argue, you ha- you said you haven't been married long. You haven't been married short. 13 years is, is a long time and five years, if I mean five kids is a lot of kids. So you do have yeah, yeah. And, and the scale of things when I, I'm just, I'm just trying to just say, this is just my experience mm-hmm. and this is just how I yeah. view marriage. And you don't know it all. Yeah, yeah, I don't know it all, but, but oh, man, it's great. Yeah. Marriage is great. I really am. I'm an advocate for it. And yeah, you know, I'm not going to apologize about that. Yeah. That, that marriage is a good thing. Yeah, it, it absolutely and is. It, it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. I, I, I don't, maybe let's just jump in. I don't like this thought of, oh, marriage is hard and oh, you got to work at it. I just, I don't connect with that. So I've been thinking about this leading up to this conversation. We've been talking a little bit about it. Um, and I think marriage obviously can be incredibly difficult, which is why so many of them end. But I, so I, well, I think what we want to talk about is what have been the keys for us in our short, you know, my seven years, your 13, um, in our short marriages, shortish marriages that have helped it not be difficult. Um, life is difficult. There are so many things in life you can't control that are difficult, but there are things within your marriage that you can, things within yourself that you can control. And so for us, the key to our marriage is the discipline of dying to each other every day, the act of mutual submission. Uh, and the, what, what this looks like is I want above all else for Sandy to win. Period. I want her to win. Whatever it is, when in her day, in her tasks, whatever it is, I want her to win. And on the other side, she feels the exact same way. So we're both just putting each other first at every single opportunity. And I think another way to say that is we don't keep score. There's no sort of scorekeeping. We're not trying to win. We're not trying to one up each other. I'm trying to up her, period. So where, where does that, where did you guys, uh, how did that come about? As well said. It, did did you feel that you were keeping score early on or did you see other couples? Because for a lot of how we, Hannah and I talk about things and, and discuss, we, we've seen other people and we think, man, that's really, really good. I like what they did there. Or, ooh, I, I, do I act like that towards you? Mm-hmm. Do you act like, I mean, so where did that, like, I want Sandy to win and Sandy wants me to win come from? I'm not actually sure. I'll say this. You know, when I was a kid, I thought I was going to get married really young. I wanted to get married when I was really young because I, I had a youth pastor that was married and they were young and they just seemed so happy. And I just, you know, as soon as I graduated college, I wanted to get married. And that didn't, that didn't happen. And so I didn't, I didn't get, didn't, didn't end up getting married till I was like 27 or 28. What's, what's 35 minus, I guess 28. Um, and so, you know, I had my head square in my shoulders by the time I got married and so did Sandy. So we would, we had already kind of worked out our own personal stuff and, and in our growing in our faith, we learned that selflessness is the best way to live in general. And so I think we just kind of carried that into marriage, which was a blessing for sure. So we weren't learning, we weren't, we weren't having to learn that ultimately just together. Uh, and so, yeah, but I, I have two parents that have been married now for, they got married in 1971. So 48 years it's incredible. My parents are amazing. So I watch them and I watch one thing that I watch in them is that divorce wasn't a thing that they talked about, like ending a marriage. There was, there was no, there was no outcome that was going to end with them not together. And I think that shaped me one, it made me feel safe, but two, it gave me a picture of marriage that I have had where like divorce or an end there, that's not in our vernacular. That's not part of our language. So whatever it is that we've got going on is going to get worked out. Now it's not, it hasn't even become close to even 
that even being on the table for us. But I think that part of that being in the back of your mind is, is comforting and it is a kind of a foundation. That yeah, makes yeah sense. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Because, you know, I grew up, uh, my mom and dad are still married. They have a great, uh, they've set a great example of what a marriage is. In fact, I'll never forget when I moved, Hannah and I moved down um, from Virginia down to Georgia. Uh, my dad, we, we had a seventh month old and he was our oldest. And uh, he, he said to us as we were out to eat, just the three of us and our seven month old, um, he said, you know, I might not have always been the, the best husband, but I was a great dad. <laughs> and I thought I, I, I never forgot about that, but he was, a, he, he, they, they seem to have a great marriage and they're still together. And, you know, w- as children, we still want to go home to our mom and dad. So I think that is a great sign of a marriage yeah. when your kids still want to be around the two of you together. Yeah. Um, and, and because the way in which, uh, you and your spouse are acting is where, you know, the people that know you the best, your children will want to be around you. Are, is it fake or is it real? And when it's real, People want to be around you. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, you'll know my disciples by their fruit. I think you can see it in your marriage. Like, what is the fruit of their marriage? If their kids are happy. They want to come back. That's a, that's a healthy family and healthy marriage. One thing that Hannah and I, um, she early, she said it to him, said it to me early on in our marriage. And that was, uh, I forget, something was going on. This conversation was happening. And she said this, and it's really been uh, foundational for our marriage. And it helped me. And that was, we cannot have unspoken expectations of the other person. So if you are expecting something from, if I'm expecting something from Hannah, I can't have it unless I've communicated that to her. She can't read your it's mind. It's not fair to her yeah. and, it's, and, and, and it's not fair to me for us to have unspoken expectations. So like, I'm expecting this out of you. Well, if, if I have not communicated that to her and we've had this conversation about it, then that is completely unfair to put that on her. And it, and it, it was just this conversation that came up and we were talking about something and she just said, well, wait, 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 you can't have that unspoken expectation of me unless you communicate it to me. And from that moment on, 13 years ago, that's something that we, we try to live by and, and, and evaluate. If I'm questioning something or looking at something, I've said to myself, well, have I communicated this expectation to her? And if I haven't, then that's on me, 100% on me. And that's really helped us out. Mm-hmm. It's been a great uh, guide for us. That's really great. Yeah. I mean, you, I think we start to assume the other just knows what we're thinking or knows what we need, but that is definitely not fair to just, well, why didn't you do this? Well, you didn't tell me. How am I supposed to know? Um, I think one of the other things I wrote down is that uh, we always need to assume the best in each other. We need to assume that whatever Sandy, whatever, whatever Sandy's doing, she did it for the best reason. And she did it out of, at a good motive. I, 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 there's never a time, even if she did something that seems selfish, which she doesn't cause she's perfect. She's seemingly perfect. But it's like, I just know that she had a good reason for it. If I come home and the dishwasher, whatever it might be. And it's like, well, why did she leave that? Well, she had a good reason, whatever it was, it was a good reason. Or the kids were being really difficult and she, she could like, just instead of being like, what did she do that for? Babe, why did you do that? You know, starting to blame, like we don't do any sort of blame game. There is no blame period again, because we're not keeping score. Um, so just again, as, assuming the best, um, I asked some, some of my friends last night, uh, I, I, in our community group, we have five couples and they all have pretty five, pretty healthy marriages. So I was asking some of their, their thoughts, some of the things that they do. And, and one thing that came up a couple of times, and, and I asked Sandy this as well, is self-care. One of the things that's kind of important uh, that I've learned is we all have the, we all have these 
things that make us comfortable. There's there's different ways that each person recharges. We all have to recharge from something because we're all expending a bunch of different energy and we all get it back in certain ways. And so there's some care that you have to do for yourself. And it's something that your spouse really can't do for you. But what your spouse can do is give you the room and the encouragement to do so. So like for me, I get exhausted. I'm a very social person, but I also get exhausted by socialness. And I, I need alone time to recharge. Sandy is not that way. She needs together time to recharge. So that was a little bit of attention for us early on because it was like she, her favorite thing to do is to be with me. And I love that too. But occasionally I just need to be by myself and be, and this sounds silly, but for me, I take baths. I get in a hot bath with my phone and I just kind of waste time or think or whatever it might be. And then I get out of it and I'm just like a new person. And so that is time away from her, which is, is kind of a sacrifice for her. But for, but it's, again, giving each other the space to have that self-care. And I know for Sandy, she's physical touch, which I'm not always a physical touch person, but like I've made it now one of my core values that I'm going to give her a 30 minute back rubber back scratch every week, just because I know for her that recharges her. That's something that I can give to her. So, so becoming aware of what you need to care for yourself and giving each other the time and space uh, to do it is something that, that I think is important. I think that's very important. I think that's good. Um, it's one of the things that what you're doing is you're recognizing what does the other person need because you know what you need. So you're asking the question and, you know, I think about, uh, you know, with, with Hank conversations Hannah and I've had, and she's good. Hey, would it be okay if I go and do this? And I'm like, yes, because I know that's what she needs. And, and I'm not jealous because I'm like, well, you're leaving me here with all the kids and you're going out and doing this. And I'm just I'm like, no, no, no. I know that's what she needs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that, uh, I'm, I'm look like you said, going back to you're expecting the best out of them and you, you're knowing that she's not giving your spouse the space or giving them, uh, whatever it is, their love language, whatever it is that helps them recharge is not an attack on you. And it's just, it's just for them to become a better person. Yeah. And, and, and you're look, you're wanting the best out of them. And I want her to go do that. Yeah. I want her to go enjoy herself. Absolutely. Because they, they come back better. Just yeah. like you come back better. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there have been times where I've come home and for whatever reason, I'm just short, whether it's I, I haven't had enough sleep and I'm just irritable. And there are times where I've literally seen Hannah just kind of, hey, everybody, let's go do this. Because that just needs some time <laughs> to himself. Space, yeah. And because you know what? I'm going to come back so much better yeah. and I need to, I need to be able to create space for Hannah to, to feel, feel free to do that as well. And the thing about that is Hannah has been at home or at work doing all her stuff all day as well. So she's tired, but she saw it in you. And then she was selfless enough to say, Hey, he needs this more than maybe I need this. Or even as, even if it's as much or in, you know, it's just putting, she put you first. She put you first, but then you also have to recognize that she did that. You know, there's, you can't, you you have, it's got to go both ways all the time. It's got to be balanced. Like we talk about. Exactly. You know, one of the things that Hannah and I have have talked about, and one of the things that we established early on, and this is kind of, it's kind of a weird thing, but one of the things that it, it plays into that not wanting to create insecurity in the other person and not wanting to put seeds of doubt in the other person. And that, this is the one thing that we, we, we stick by, and it's kind of a weird one, but it's it's something that because of us and our relationship and conversation taking place and talking about one another is that we will not put the other person down in a public setting. And what I mean by that, we won't make fun of the other person. And the reason is, is because 
when we're in a public space, I want to lift her up and I want to honor her and, and encourage her and just make her shine. And she wants to do the same for me. And when you joke around by in, in making fun of your spouse, you're putting seeds of doubt or insecurity in them. Yeah. So yeah. that's one rule that we just always try to do. And that comes as a result of seeing other couples make fun of mm-hmm. make fun of, of their spouse. And, and and it might be in the most playful way, but there's always that there's a little bit opportunity there, but, yeah. for doubt or insecurity to creep in. And that's one thing that we just want to guard against of creating insecurity in the other person. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I see that so often with seemingly unhealthy relationships where it's like they, well, he never touch out the trash. Oh, you, you got a husband that puts out the trash? So-and-so never does this. Or he always, it's like, why are you doing that? Don't you care? Like, I know it's silly and it's funny, but I just don't, I don't think there's value in it. I think it, I think it causes more harm than good. Cause you're, it's, even if it's funny, it's a little embarrassing. It's something and you, and, and there's truth to it. Maybe he doesn't put the trash out. What have you asked him? Is that an expectation that you had that you didn't express? I mean, so I, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I've seen that a lot. And, and I, I feel like another one that I see is like some couples really do enjoy arguing. And I think even if it's a play argument, I think that there is some value to that. Cause I think some, some people are wired to kind of have that banter. So I don't want to say it's bad. It's definitely not bad, but I do see sometimes where it just crosses a line. And so with Sandy and I, we're, we're just not that way. We're, we're harmonious kind of peacekeepers. So I, if anything, I'm generally, if you, if you heard me on this podcast or Seth, you've heard me in my, all I do is say positive things about her period. Cause she's the best. She's the best. And so I want everybody else to know that she's the best. And it also reminds me that she is the best. And so if I joke around, well, well Sandy, you know, she's, she, when we first met, she said her hobby was sleeping and she really does sleep. You know that? No, no. She She's a good sleeper. She's a great sleeper, man. Sandy's a good, you know, like that sort of thing. I always want to be, I always want to be spinning her up, period. Not, not taking her down. Or, or I hear this, well, you know them, but you know them. I can't stand that because that, that you know them. Yeah. So I, I was looking at some different places, some, some common pitfalls that I've seen marriages or relationships seem to find conflict. Uh, money. These are these, these obviously these are common cliche, but money I've seen to be a conflict. And so with Sandy, we made a rule early on that um, if it's more than fifty dollars, we're going to ask each other about it. Like if, if whatever it is that I want, if it's more than fifty dollars, I'm going to have to ask her. Beyond that, do whatever you want, doesn't matter. And so just that trust that it's going to. Uh, we're always going to be on the up and up of money. And we, we share everything. There's different methods that people do, but we share everything. We have a shared bank account. And that's one thing I've never understood. So maybe well, I haven't even asked you this. We have one checking account, one savings account, one everything. I don't understand couples that have their split accounts. It scares me. And you, you, you don't even, we've never even talked about this. One time you said, I've got an extra job. I've, I've been able to pick up a, a side project. I think you were going to work on a production or something on the weekend. And you go, Sandy's getting half of it. It's like play money, fun money. You're getting half of it and she's getting half of it. And I thought that is so great because you've got two kids at home. You're leaving them on the weekend after working all week as well. She's been working all week and you're going to make more money. But yet there's, you've already set up a, a, a guideline to her to, Hey, Hey, I'm going to work, but you're getting half of this yeah. right away as play money. Mm-hmm. Do you we mind? It, just talk about that. money. So fun, like, fun money, yeah. anytime we have money that's extra, like I got a bonus one time for being at my job for 10 years and it was like more than I thought I'd be. I was like, man, this is great. 
Half of it's yours. Like, let's not, this is not going to bills. This is not going to anything because we weren't expecting this is fun, fun money. So here's, here's X amount of dollars. Have fun, whatever you want to do. I'm not going to ask you questions. I will say that I, I invested in Bitcoin at the exact wrong time and lost almost all of it. (laughs) And she, uh, she has been using stitch fix now for like a year and a half and it's been great for her. But yeah, like I, it's not mine. It's not mine. There's nothing that's mine. Even in our house with our kids, like we don't say mine, period. Mine is an ugly word in our house. It's ours. It's ours. We share everything. I love that. And, and you had no clue, but when you were just telling me that story, I thought, man, I love that because I've had that guilt before of like trying to figure out, all right, I, I have this opportunity. I can make a few extra couple hundred dollars on the side, but then I'll be leaving hand on the family and then realizing, well, this is, if you, if you frame it this way, it makes it easier on everybody. Yeah. I love it. One thing that Hannah and I have talked about, uh, this was something that we discussed while we were dating because we saw another couple and we just, we were hanging out with them. They're a great couple. They're still married, uh, but they were married before us. And uh, we, we were hanging out at their apartment and we were watching a movie. And this, this kind of principle, this rule, this guideline for us came out. And that is don't reference the attractiveness of another person. Mm. Here's how it plays out. We're watching a movie. It would create an insecurity and doubt in me if Hannah would be like, oh, I love Bradley Cooper movies. He's pretty hot. That's going to create insecurity in me. She might think that. I don't need to hear that. Just to the same of, oh, I love watching X actress. She, her movies are awesome. She, she's, mm-hmm. she's a little cutie. Mm-hmm. That creates seeds of doubt yeah. and insecurity that just, that don't need to be there. Yeah. Now, we are both human. We will find some, man, that is a good, you know, mm-hmm. why do I need to verbally express that to her and create a, 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 you know, a seed of insecurity that could be there? There's no, for us, there's no benefit. There's no, uh, that's not, you know, you, you know, you, you'll talk about probably later on about being honest and sharing everything. I just don't feel like that's something I need to share because I'm also allowing myself and communicating to my wife that I am, Hey, I'm looking at other women too. Yeah. So I, we're a little different in that. I totally agree with that. 100% agree with that. But for me, uh, this will sound weird as well, but like I, I value beauty in general. And so I see it in people. And so I will often say that is a beautiful woman. I mean, and we will both admire whatever that woman is, but I also on the other side, that man, good Lord, he is, that is an attractive human. So I value, that sounds weird, but like if we're watching a show and it's like Brad Pitt's on there or, or who was the guy recently? I was like, good gracious. He's just perfect. And so she's heard me say it both ways. And so I hopefully I have to ask her that, but I, I, but at the same time, I've heard people close to us say, you know, in front of their wife, man, she is whatever. Good Lord. You know, it's like, well, that just feels gross. Like you're, you're, you're making your wife feel really insignificant right now. So I, I do feel like for me, there is a balance because I do well, like I to appreciate I know, beauty. I know what you're saying in that. I know what you're, you're, yeah, trust me. I think, man, oh, ex actor, he, he's a stud, Daniel Craig, whatever mm-hmm. that celebrity is, that person that's out there, that's, uh, untouchable for us. Oh, it was Zac Efron. I was like, how does he look that way? He's oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I did read an article. He like works out like a machine. But his face, his face is <laughs> like, how do you look that way? What well, would that be like? Yeah. Well, but, but, and that's what I'm saying. That's someone that's way out there. Yeah. So um, imagine if you were to do it in a closer circle of a friend, someone you mm-hmm. know. Oh, yeah. But, but even that, that that's a, un, what, what you're, 
also looking at is an unrealistic expectation. So if I say X female is super attractive or man, that's a good looking, I could get into her movies. Like that's someone that's untouchable. And it's just, you're just saying things that don't need to be out there. And, and you're allowing, you're, you're taking that guard down for yourself because I mean, you're talking about lust and a marriage and just the different traps that can be there. Mm -hmm. For for us, the moment we start to verbalize things like that, it's that we're giving ourselves a pass to go even further. Yeah. Uh, another area I wanted to say that I've seen, I see a lot of fights happen is driving. Driving in general, there's and you could talk for hours and hours and hours about road rage and all the different all the things that come out of driving. You're not yourself. Like you get angry, you get more angry in the car in general. But when couples are in the car, I watch fights happen because you know, why did you do this or go faster, this, that, and the other. Like when I'm in the car, Sandy's, Sandy does not like, she prefers for me to drive. And so when we're in the car, she just appreciates that I drive. So if I am not paying attention, I have to slow down too fast. She's, she doesn't care. She's just glad that I'm driving. So she's just assuming the best with me when I'm driving. But like I say all this, say one time Sandy and I were in, um, we're like, I think we were walking into Old Navy and this truck passes in front of us and it hits, it turns and it hits the curb. And from inside, you can hear the wife say, watch out for the bleep curb. I'm like, and she's yelling at her husband. I'm like, really? It was an accident. He's driving a big truck in a small parking lot. Like it's an accident. Why are you yelling at him? And it can go both ways. It can be the wife yelling. It doesn't matter which way, but it's like, just assume it was an accident. Like, and now they're there. It's a Saturday. It's a beautiful Saturday. He's just gotten yelled at. They're about to go try it in the store. Now that's tempered his mood. That's tempered the relationship. You have this feeling, this conflict. And so all that to say in the car, cut yourself, cut each other a break. Even if you get in an accident, do you think they wanted to get in an accident? If even if they're looking at the throat, it was an accident. You shouldn't have been doing it, but it was an accident. Everything, you know, just again, assume the best, particularly in stressful situations like the car. Yes, that is, that is the best example because one of the things that I've had to, I haven't had to learn it. it just Hannah said this to me. She's, she said, you used to do this all the time when we were dating and I haven't, we really seen this trade out of you in a while. And it, it was great because she had an expectation and I'd fallen away from it. And uh, then she verbalized it. And it goes back to, to what you, you just said. When you make a mistake like that of, what are you doing? What's the curb? What you? Th- that kind of road rage thing is just be quick to say sorry. Because there have been multiple times when Hannah's been driving, she's slamming on the brakes for whatever reason. I'm in my selfish world, probably on my phone and something within the driving took place that interrupted my world and what I self-centered wanted. And I've reacted that way. And I've, if I can just be quick to say, sorry, that helps out so much when I've done that exact Mm -hmm. story that you're Mm -hmm. talking about. It's just saying, be, be, be so quick to say, sorry. Absolutely. So one of the things that that helps us, and actually I've learned it from my parents, and this goes back to maybe, you know, who have you learned from? Uh, what, what advice have you gotten from really solid marriages out there? And this is something I saw from my parents. I see it to them to, to this day, and it is probably one of the greatest things that they have passed down to me and Hannah in our marriage, and that is debrief about everything. debrief about everything so we'll go and we'll hang out and on the drive home we'll talk about the entire what do you think about that yeah just debrief about everything Mm -hmm. your kids your kids interaction dinner time whatever because what it does 
And this is a very key guideline that Hannah and I have to always remember. It keeps us on the same page. Because mm-hmm. as a marriage, like you just like you started out with, you had all these external things take place in your first year of marriage. Life happens, and life is hard. Your marriage shouldn't. And it, we debrief about every everything. And it helps us stay on the same page because it's us together. Some of my favorite moments with Sandy is laying in bed after a long day and then generally we'll just fall asleep pretty much immediately put on some parks and rec and fall asleep but sometimes often i'd say at least once or twice a week we'll just we'll do that we'll debrief we'll kind of uh talk through the day and what did you think about that and 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 what i what i'm just so grateful for is generally we have the same observation of whatever the event was and so I, I just I just cherish those moments of well how should we deal with this thing with June and she's doing this thing right now or or wasn't that so great did you see how June did that with Dash and he and he sh- and she shared it was just so sweet or did you see what I just I I, I love that idea of debriefing um, you know I'm looking at the clock now and we're we're coming up on on our time and, and you had said going into this like we're this is going to be long and I'm thinking are we going to be able to talk that long I still have like 15 things I still want to talk about so we're going to have to put those off to another day but I do want to mention one last really brief thing and we can't really um, expound on this, but one thing that I had to get over for me personally and in my marriage is I don't have to be right. You don't have to be right. It, I watch people get in these arguments because they, well, that didn't happen this way. It was that. And it's like, who cares? It does not matter. It, nothing is worth getting into conflict and a fight over, over something that doesn't matter. And so I often think being right, and, and you could take this in any area, in your business, wherever, you don't have to be right. It does not matter because you don't have to win because you're not keeping score. I love that. This has been a great conversation. It's yeah. going to happen again. We're, yeah. We definitely need to talk more and more about this because there's uh, so much to learn. And, and again, we don't have it all figured out. I think I like, I like how you said that. We don't, we don't have it all figured out, but this is just our observations so far. So thanks so much for listening, and we hope this is making sense.